You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi folks, and welcome to episode 81 of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. I'm your host, Bart Bouchotts, and this is the show for May 2020. Uh, I have been cranky at myself for some time about not having done the world's best job of gender balance on this show. So to make up, well, no, not to make up, but to make a small inroad into getting the balance addressed, I have the wonderful pleasure of an all-female panel today. So first off, we have the wonderful Kelly Gamont from TMO with us. Hi, Kelly. Hi, nice to be here. My absolute pleasure to have you on again. And... Also joining me is my regular partner in crime on her shows, Alison Sheridan from Podfeet.com. Hi, Alison. Hey, Bert. How are you doing? I am doing just fine. It's fun to sneak in. Yeah, no women and now it's all women. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I have Poor Bart. the wrong number of chromosomes to be on this show, even though I'm hosting it. But anyway. <laughs> we well, have introduced us, so we'll take it from here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have a month's worth of Apple news to digest, and it's an odd month. We do have four main stories, uh, but we have an awful lot of fluff around those four main stories. But uh, just to tease you, our four main stories are going to be Apple and Google's Exposure Notification API going live, Apple and the uh, George Floyd protests, the US government and Apple have a a little um, return to their... uh, confrontation shall we say um on encryption and then finally there is a shiny new jailbreak that works on all supported ios devices so before we get stuck into that some follow-ups from long-running ongoing stories and obviously the longest running and ongoingest story of the moment is covid so i'm going to rattle through these and then we can circle back to one or two that the panel think are worthy of deeper discussion uh, okay. the, the first thing that happened since we last virtually met is that we got a date for Apple's virtual WWDC, which is the 22nd of June is when that's kicking off. So that is just two weeks away-ish. Um, many Apple stores are reopening all over the world, but with lots of restrictions. So it's not so much business as usual as business. But that's still a great step forward. So uh, as we record this, my uh, my RSS really tells me that more than half of all Apple stores worldwide have reopened. Uh, there's a can very I, useful... Can I li- up there for a second? You can. The, uh, they uh, have been open and then closed again because of the riots, at least in the United States. So they're open, <laughs> closed, open, closed, depending on... And you got to check and see which neighborhood and stuff. So I think things might be... You might be true again. Last week they've been up down up down up down. Uh, mine was op- my one downtown in in Portland was open for one day. For one day, okay. So I guess and then that night damaged and now shut and painted over with a lovely mural. Oh, we'll be circling back to both of those topics actually when we get to the to the George Floyd story. So yes, both of those things are indeed relevant. Um, from a COVID point of view, then shall we say um, that yes. particular reason for closing stores has gone away for about half of Apple stores around the world. And um, 100 US stores did reopen. And yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, also, Apple Premier Partner uh, Simply Mac reopened six stores in the US. Um, Austria's 100% of Austrian uh, Apple stores are open. That would be one, um, which is still one more than I have. <laughs> Apple stores are reopening in Australia, but masks and temperature checks are required. All German Apple stores will reopen on May 11th, so that happened some weeks ago. Um, All of its stores in Switzerland have reopened, and some of its Japanese stores, and the last five of Apple's Italian stores reopened, which is a big deal given where Italy was at the start of all of these shenanigans. Yeah. Apple having... Part of it, just for a second, part mm-hmm. of it with the Apple stores that we kind of touched on it is um, for what value of open? Like, that's really the thing that you need to check is that if your Apple store is open, does that mean you can walk in and buy stuff? Does it mean you can buy something and then they will bring it out to your car? Does it mean, uh, you know, you can set an appointment and then you can walk in and buy something? Uh, that kind of stuff. And like also uh, support appointments for like the Genius Bar and stuff. Uh, those... If you can get them, they are very restricted because they only want a certain amount of people in the store at a time and things like that. So it's all very um, up in the air, even if they're, uh, you know, so even if they're open and you're excited about it being open, it may not be open the way that you think it is. (laughs) Yeah, I guess the important thing is from the point of view of, oh, bleep, I dropped my phone and it smashed. It's Yes. The the important, important stuff, the the keeping you going as opposed to the going in and getting some lessons and having a peruse and fitting Apple watches on for size, that that, that stuff, not so much. Right. Everybody who who had a habit of going in and licking iPhones on the display stands, uh, those people still have to stay home. But everybody else, like, I think part of it is also pressure because working from home is really important. And lots of people use iPhones at home, you know, use iPhones as part of their job or a MacBook as part of their job way more than it used to be. So I think it's also partly helping those people as well, instead of having to wait for Apple support to mail you a box and then you mail it away and then you wait. I got to tell you though, I have, I'm a convert. I'm never going to the Apple store for repair again. Steve sent in his MacBook Pro for a repair and it was back in like 36 hours. Yeah. Wow. That, that's how I have to do it because I don't have an Apple store. So I've always done it. Man, man, in box, man with box shows up. You know, I, I put my darling beloved computer in. I watch it go away with man in box. Um, but yeah, it, they've gotten really good. It used to be like you'd miss it a week or whatever. But the last mm-hmm. two or three times, like Allison said, like not even a full two days. Yeah. Wow. And they tell you what's happening every step of the way. It's way better than taking it in. Yeah. 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 Um, Apple have also expanded their mobility trends data throughout the US. So this is basically fully anonymized location data to help local governments make decisions about their various mm-hmm. lockdowns and things. Uh, Apple have awarded $10 million to Copan Diagnostics to do COVID-19 testing. Apple has a new online store hub to make it easier to spend your money online without going into those Apple stores we mentioned earlier. Apple, yes, my, my new watch band came today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> uh, well, indeed, I, I am also the happy owner of some new watch bands, but we'll talk about those later because they are in the okay. show notes as a quick story. They are pretty. Um Apple is preparing to bring some of its employees back into its campus. And there's a nice detailed story from iMore about the various steps Apple will be taking. Basically, lots of keeping your distance, lots of limits on how many people are in places, lots of things not actually open, lots of sanitizing, mask wearing, temperature checks. Basically like an Apple store, but in in the Apple spaceship. Um, Mm -hmm. Apple have updated their supplier responsibility report to include information on COVID-19 impact within their supply chain, which is interesting transparency. 
Um, Apple's COVID-19 app, which is a US-only app, has been updated with practices for quarantining. iOS 13 has brought us all a little bit more sanity. We can now unlock our phones more easily while wearing masks in shops. <laughs> that was yeah. such a nice update. I yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. Oh, it, it's so much better. It re- it 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 really like because there was a stretch where I was like, "Do I really no- need to go dust off my iPhone 8 and go back to it just oh no. for the next little while?" Because at least it unlocked with my thumb, and it didn't matter if I had a mask on or not. Yeah. And so, yeah. And on my 8, it was really fast. Like I never had a problem with the speed of the the Touch ID. So, yeah, I did debate it, but this the fixing the face i the the face ID like I'm emotionally preparing to unlock your phone now was much better. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing the small things that make a difference because shopping is still stressful and unpleasant, but it's a little bit less. Of course. And and that makes me much happier. (laughs) Meanwhile, as a surprise to no one, COVID-19 drives a 52% surge in data used for mobile app downloads. Yeah. (gasps) What? Imagine that. Apple are also helping their authorised service providers pay for PPE and cleaning supplies. That is very positive. Uh, Apple have updated their schoolwork and classroom apps sort of with more of a focus on what schools and students need while working remotely. So that was, again, a timely update. Uh, If you live in the US, you can defer your June payment on your Apple card. Um, Apple have also updated their research app with new hearing tests and COVID-19 survey. Apple have capitalized on the emergency measures to issue its cheapest bonds in years. I don't know how to feel about that story. It's like cashing in mm-hmm. on a pandemic, but also doing lots of other good stuff. It's a bit, I don't know, that one feels a bit ick to me. Uh, coronavirus sees health and fitness apps installed skyrocket by 47%. Again, shock horror. And finally, a shout out to iFixit, who are not really Apple, but they are Apple adjacent. iFixit have taken their immense skills at ripping things apart, and they have created a free database for how to repair medical devices. So hats off to iFix it. I was fascinated to watch that story evolve when they were like, because they, I'm on their mailing list. And so Mm -hmm. like one of the things they sent out was, if you know anything about this, if you have access to these machines, if you have access to the manuals for these machines, we want to get our hands on everything so that it's out there for everyone. Like all of us have for uh, the one I just used from iFix it the other day, the guide for swapping out the hard drive in my Mac mini. Um, Watching that happen as they said, this is what we want to do and this is how you can help us do it. And now having it done, like it was really interesting to watch that happen. And it was great. It was nice to see that people were pitching in to democratize that information. It was great. Yeah. Hats off. And I say I've been cranky at iFixit once or twice when they've said silly things, but. Well, yes, as one should be. (laughs) Back on the money thing, Mm -hmm. you know, capitalizing on, on a pandemic. Remember, this is still a business. True. I mean, it just it's fiduciary responsibility to do the right things with the money. Fair point. And you could argue, how can Apple do all the good things they do if they're broke? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. It did make me feel all the rest of them made me feel really happy and shiny. And that one is like, no, that's not it's not having the same reflex on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else there? um, Any of you guys want to draw attention to before we move on? No. Yeah. Cool. As I say, we will be circling back to the biggest story of all, which is the Exposure Notification API. Um, 
So something I am fascinated with is Apple Card, probably because I can't have it. And I just love how <laughs> every single month Apple make it that little bit better and I get that little bit more cranky that I can't have it. Um, so you can get $50 of cashback when you spend $50 at Walgreens with your shiny Apple Card. Um, Apple Card is added. Wait, 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 $50 of cashback when you spend $50? That's what it says in the iMore story, yeah. I presume that's once. <laughs> 100% back. Once. It's basically 50 free quid. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Pretty good, right? Well, yeah, I I want to go check it. <laughs> that sounds too good to be true. <laughs> there you go. Um, Apple Card have added Quicken and QuickBooks da- to data export options. So a lot of people use those products. So that is most convenient to get your data out and in. And uh, the Apple Card webpage gets a sleek new redesign and new financial health section. Also very useful. I kind of like the idea of a card that is on my side, which is what sort of appealed to me about Apple Card from the start. Mm-hmm. And then the other long running story that sort of has my attention and has done for about a year now is Apple and in India, because I keep on thinking it's going to be Apple's next big market. It keeps on not quite being there. Um, but uh, I think we may be heading in the right direction. Two stories this month. India has dropped its res- some clauses in its um, pretty restrictive rules on who can and can't open their own stores in the country. And the end result of the change in these regulations is that Apple may actually be able to run an Apple store in India, which they have been trying to get to for years now. And Apple are also offering customization options for Macs sold in India for the first time. So up until now, only, well, something I didn't realize, actually, only some countries are lucky enough to be able to customize their Macs. Um, So I guess while I complain about us not having an Apple store, we've been able to customize our Macs for as long as I've been an Apple user. So I guess I shouldn't complain too much. Wow. (laughs) So they're just like, like, you know. 256 gigabytes. That's good enough for you. Shut up. Take it. Yeah, those, those like five <laughs> options you get for your iMac, that's basically all you could get in India up until now. Huh. Never heard of such a thing. Yeah, me neither. I, I learned something. Um, In terms of notable numbers, one story crossed my radar that I thought was worthy of including, which is that Apple yet again tops the smartphone customer satisfaction index. And I, I just want to slightly push back on the reporting I've heard on this. Everyone is saying that Apple beat Samsung. Like, they're a decimal point of a percentage away from each other. They are within the margin of error of each other. And last year, Apple were second within, like, a decimal place. Basically, no change is actually the story here. The two companies people like are Samsung and Apple. That's actually the story here. But anyway, because... And guess what? The reporting is the two companies people like are Samsung and Apple. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't know, people are thinking, well, Apple have surpassed Samsung. It's like, yeah, they changed by like 0.2 of a percent. So anyway. Um, but yeah, the good news is that it's Apple are still making phones people like. That is good news. Indeed. In terms of legal latest, Apple have lost their appeal in Italy over the iPhone slowdown scandal. That's how I more call it. Um I generally have been very critical of countries who have been finding against Apple because their findings have generally been on the uh, on the line of Apple were encouraging people to get new phones. Or actually, what Apple were encouraging people to do was not get new phones. But Italy is somewhat different. Italy fined Apple for not being clear and transparent about what they were doing. I kind of find that harder to argue with. 
Anyone want to disagree with me on that or? Repeat the last part again. They're they're saying that they were not transparent. Yeah, correct. So basically, the bit Apple got in trouble for was the not telling, not explaining the battery throttling until after it became in the media. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in the United States, an appeal court has dismissed anti-competitive bias lawsuits against a whole bunch of companies. Sorry, not anti-competitive, anti-conservative bias against a whole bunch of tech companies, including Apple. So that was, I think it was nice to see that uh, dismissed. And finally, Apple were awarded $2.3 million in legal fees over a case that should never have been brought. So every now and then... <laughs> A frivolous lawsuit has what I consider to be the correct outcome. And it just makes me happy that someone who sued Apple for no good reason got a serious comeuppance. So. Yeah, that's excellent. Yes. That's just lovely. Okay, HR and acquisition news. Uh, policy executive Cynthia Hogan is leaving Apple to join Joe Biden's campaign for president. Meanwhile, Apple are apparently, according to Protocol.com, quietly hiring some of the world's best cloud talent. Um, when you read the story, Protocol are like, yeah, normally all the best people go to like the big name companies like Amazon and stuff. Now they're all going to Apple and we're very intrigued by that. Now, so, if I wish hmm. I had a little goatee that I could stroke right now and go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, technically, that would be services, right? I mean, I feel like mm -hmm. we can kind of draw a pretty straight line there for the most part because a lot of the stuff that they consider services is the stuff that takes streaming. Yeah. You know, whether it's, you know, over the air or whatever, like all that kind of stuff definitely uh, requires having awesome networking and awesome load balancing and all kinds of other stuff that I don't really understand because I'm not very good at networking as a general rule, like when it comes to server level stuff. So, yeah, there's a big cloud behind all of those simple things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> big cloud. Yeah, uh, that, that sounded like you were, you know, using a euphemism, but you actually mean a big cloud. I do, like, there is... Well, I mean, you know, a cloud is other people's computers, although in Apple's case, their cloud is Apple's own computers, actually. Um, well, yes. the cloud to us is Apple pe other people's computers. Exactly. I mean, there is yeah. an awful, awful lot of data centers that look awfully like every other data center, but they, they're they not simple to run. Um, so it's no. it's interesting. And an awful lot of what Apple does is powered by massive data centers. Yes, like the the one here in Oregon. And the one we could have had in Ireland if some of our local people hadn't objected to the point of stupidity and drove Apple out of the country. That was, that was oh, so cranky about that. Um, I, I don't wish... mean to mock your pain, Bart, I apologise. Yeah, it, it just takes a few. Um, and they weren't even local to the place. They, they... Anyway, it's not even NIMBYism, it's not in your backyard. Anyway, um... I've been trying to put off pronouncing this name for the last 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> I'll try it. Uh, please do. Ipsita Dasgupta. That sounds plausible. Has joined yeah. Apple as head of streaming services in India. Um, this person has a lot of experience in uh, streaming media and stuff. So they are actually quite a, a substantial uh, hire for Apple. So good. 
Again, actually, I could have put it up on my India story up the top. So again, Apple are continuing to double down on India. Mm-hmm. Apple have also confirmed that they have acquired NextVR, a live streaming AR VR company. No idea what they might be doing that for. Um, and they've also acquired a machine learning startup, which I more assume is to help improve Siri, which seems reasonable. Now, the last thing before we get to our main stories is the original content update. Just a reminder to everyone listening, I am a techie person. I am not a media person. I think it's important we be aware of how busy Apple is in this space, but I am not in a position to give you any sort of intelligent, informed opinion on any of this stuff. So I am simply going to tell you what happened, give the panel an opportunity to chime in, and then we shall move along. And to me... What struck me as I was preparing these show notes is how many bloody bullet points there are in this section. Apple are <laughs> shockingly busy at creating I'm original sure content. Just say they, they created 35 uh, new shows and move on. <laughs> well, but there's some really interesting names in here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so anyway, I'll rattle through it and then we'll circle back. So morning well, show. Let me, jump in. let me jump in and plug really quick that if you do want to hear more about some of this stuff, we regularly talk about the media things that Apple is doing over on Daily Observations. When I have Charlotte Henry on, we like to call it Media Monday when we do it. We try to do it at the top of the week. So uh, if you do want to find out more, you can listen to us talk about it quite a bit over there, actually. Because like you said, there's a whole lot of bullet points on this story, on on this particular topic. And so we try to make sure that that we're covering that piece of what Apple's up to as well. So we're we're talking about it over there. And the other thing I was going to say at the end was that if you like hearing Kelly talk about it, every now and then she also shows up on um, the Apple the Apple Context Machine. You show up on every now and then and give like a quick, you know, sort of an entire half hour hoo-ha on things to watch. Uh, I usually, I haven't been on Context Machine a really long time. So oh. yeah, mostly it's just daily observations if you... If you want to catch me, you can maybe that's where I'm listening to you. Well, I know I'm listening there. to you. Tell me yeah. cool things. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> so I would have given you the wrong plug. I'm glad you gave me. <laughs> okay. So morning show showrunner. Let me say that. I can't read out loud still. And God knows I've been trying. Anyway, the morning show showrunner extends deal with Apple. Apple TV Plus have hired the BBC factual controller behind Planet Earth 2 and Blue Planet 2. A new Apple Music radio show will see Billie Eilish and her dad, co-DJ. I so, listened to some of, a little tiny bit of that, and it is wonderful. It is, like, I was so interested in hearing what they had to say. And they don't play, like, most of the time they don't even play an entire song, but there's, like, little bookmarks kind of in the in the show so you can go huh. find that song later and it's and it's great and you know like they will they sort of talk about it it's like when you have a friend who has really awesome taste in music and they're like okay listen to this part oh isn't that good yeah, like it's that and it's like i really no, i was sort me. of like i, I, I was I like what is this music? and i love it i don't normally listen to music but if somebody's just gonna tell me just listen to this little part I, I, my attention spans that long and i love Billie eilish she's just <laughs> she's she's great and like the the other great part of it is like getting like i had no idea really anything about her dad right i just know that her and her brother make records and so mm-hmm. like hearing her dad like you know you know my dad used to play this when we drove around the car and he was like yeah i heard this on the radio and really liked it or you know like we went to this concert or whatever and it's really interesting to listen to the two of them have a conversation that you get to overhear like that's really what it is it doesn't sound 
like they're on the radio, you know, like you hear people being on the radio, like, you know, like I used to do and like, hey, here's a song. I want to share it with all of you. Like they're just they're sort of talking to each other and you get to kind of be in the room as that happens. And it's really neat. Cool. I I really did enjoy it. Darn talented family between her, her brother and her dad. (laughs) Yes. Their genes are good. Speaking of good genes, Sophia Coppola, the daughter of Francis Ford. (laughs) Uh, to develop uh, Edith Wharton's Custom of the Country as an Apple series. Apple signs First Look TV deal with Ridley Scott's production company. Uh, Santi Gold joins Apple TV Plus as Kids Stars Helpsters. None of those words make any sense to me, but I'm sure it's very important. <laughs> Santi Gold is, an, is, is a music artist. And okay. uh, Helpsters is one of the kids shows on TV Plus. Ah. And it's a, I believe it to be a Muppet program. And, uh, and Santi Gold was on it. It's sort of like when people um, make guest appearances on like Sesame Street and things like, you know, you get to see Neil Patrick Harris sing a song about cookies with Cookie Monster or whatever. Um, It's like that. So, yeah. That sounds fun. Uh, Apple lands a four-part docuseries with the duo who created McMillions, which is a documentary. Um, Tom Hanks' World War II Greyhound film coming to Apple TV in a $70 million deal. This was supposed to be in cinemas, and Apple managed to get it to be like exclusively launched. Obviously, COVID had a little yep. something to do with that, but still, <laughs> that's that's kind of impressive. We have yeah. a docu-series featuring LeBron James and Tom Brady coming to Apple TV+. Plus. We have a short-form docu-series called Greatness Code, which sounds interesting. A certain J.J. Abrams and uh, Sarah Barrellis. Barrellis, thank you. Barrellis. Little Voice to debut on July 10th on Apple TV+. Plus. The all-original... Oh, sorry. All-original episodes of Fraggle Rock. I love Fraggle Rock. Are coming to I'm Apple so TV+. I'm so excited. Plus. I know. And... Apple are rebooting Fraggle Rock in partnership with the Jim Henson Company. So we get all the old Fraggle Rock and shiny new Fraggle Rock. Apple TV Plus have also landed a Scorsese film starring Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio. Hardly small names. A judge had this... That was a... uh, When we talked about it on on Daily Observations, uh, I believe Charlotte called that the Scorsese De Niro DiCaprio Love Fest. Whatever the latest (laughs) one of those is, it's going to be on TV Plus. And I really... I enjoyed that description. I, they, they are some talented people. I, I expect really big are. things. Uh, meanwhile, a judge has dismissed a lawsuit against uh, Apple TV Plus show Servant, uh, which M. Night Shyamalan directed. Uh, basically, it was claimed it was copying and the judge was like, no, that's far too vague. They wrote their own stuff. Um, a new series, Central Park, has arrived on Apple TV Plus, And this is the one time I'm going to chime in with an actual opinion. Apple have ordered a series starring Gal Gadot, which will feature the life of the superb Hedy Lamar. I have been yes. fascinated by this woman's story because she's known as being basically a bombshell actress, but she was an engineer and without her, mm-hmm. Bluetooth wouldn't work. And right. a whole bunch of like torpedoes and stuff wouldn't have found their mark during World War Two. She's an absolutely amazing woman, was really not treated fairly in her non-looking-good-on-telly parts of her life. And I think having her story told is superbly, supremely important. And I am I hope to goodness it lives up to my very high expectations. And the footnote to that story is that, right? Uh, 
Gagado is actually uh, an executive producer on the show as well. She's part of oh. the team that is responsible for making the show reality, Ooh. and she's going to star. So, like to me, there's like nine different reasons that that piece of news was really interesting. So I was I was very excited to see it because, uh, like you, like I know that she was super interesting, and that there's a whole lot of her life that most people don't really know about. Yeah. And on top of that, like, yeah, anything starring Gal Gadot, I will probably watch. So, you know, I was already but real. I, I have one question. I, d- mm-hmm. I didn't know women could be engineers, Bart. <laughs> like, are you not one, Alison? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Sorry. Not that that was ever said to me. Oh, <laughs> that is so depressing. Never, I imagine. Yeah. Um, uh, just the other s- footnote I want to put is that Central Park show that you mentioned is an animated show. And it's a silly animated show. Is it animated as in King of the Hill or animated as in for kids? Uh, King of the Hill. Oh, cool. It's, uh, it's from uh, the folks that make Bob's Burgers. Ah. And oh. it's cute and it's funny and it's lighthearted and uh, really not like some of the, the other stuff that's on TV+. Plus. That's part of why I found it interesting because it's not the morning show it's not defending jacob it's not you know some of these more serious things so cool uh, it's and it's also it's an adult thing not like it's lighthearted. so obviously it's for kids you know like the helpster stuff and fraggle rock uh this is something that's sort of lighthearted, but also sort of meant for a more adult audience which i thought was really nifty Excellent. Uh, just one last thing on the Hedy Lamar before I move on. Um, if 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 you're listening to this and we've piqued your interest and you want to sneak peek at the story, there's a fabulous podcast called You Must Remember This, which is basically about the history of film. Yes. And so good. She did an episode dedicated to the Hedy Lamar story. It's just a single episode, so it's about 45 minutes to an hour. And if you seek that out, a, you're going to fall in love with the podcast. You must remember this. And B, you're going to get the Hedy Lamar story, which involves Nazis and all sorts of stuff. It's really quite spectacular. It really is. Uh, okay, next up, Zane Lowe brings Beats One interview show to Apple Podcasts, which is interesting. Apple has unveiled a Ted Lasso, a uh, first look at their Ted Lasso TV Plus series, which is coming in August. Apple TV Plus has signed a deal with WME's Teresa Kang Lowe to basically produce a whole bunch of stuff for them. Uh, Apple TV Plus Sports Play looks set to be led by former Amazon exec. And finally, Apple TV release, or Apple releases new TV Plus documentary series, Dear Dot Dot Dot, featuring uh, Stevie Wonder, Spike Lee, and more. I can't believe they put Big Bird under and more in the iMore headline. Tut tut Right? Big Bird? Come on. Big Bird. I think Oprah's in there too, but Big Bird. Anyway. Uh, I can understand Oprah being in more, but Big Bird? I know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, stay I, I, tuned for Bart and I's uh, Muppet podcast coming in the very near future, apparently. <laughs> you know, that just might be. I'm going to have to rewatch all of Fraggle Rock. Um, I don't think there's any interest to circle. I do that anyway, so let's even know let's what Fraggle Rock is. <gasps> oh. <laughs> I believe that's of a different era than me. It is. But Alison, you have grandkids now. You have an excuse. Okay. Yes. Watch Fraggle Rock with us. Um, I don't think there's much point in circling back because I think we stopped as we went so I'm going to move on to our main stories before we run out of time because we have the clock (laughs) catching up on us Okay, so the the big, big story I think has to be that uh, Apple and Google's exposure notification API has gone from hypothetical to actual with the release of iOS 13.5 Um. 
there is a particularly good link over on iMore. Um, it's basically Apple, Google, Exposure Notification API, everything you need to know. Um, so if you're trying to catch it all, that's a good place to look. I think the important thing is that what we learned since the last month is that Apple are going to allow you to delete all of your data easily. And also location tracking is banned in any app that uses this API. Um, there's now also screenshots and stuff available for people who want to see how it will work. But you end up having to opt in twice, basically, because you can't turn it on they at all. Extra sure. Yeah. yeah. So you can't turn it on at all unless you have an app installed and only apps from trusted local authorities can even exist. So you basically need to go and proactively install an app and then you have to turn it on and then you have to grant the app access. I mean, it, it's it's impossible for this to be spying on you behind your back. You really, really have to opt in. Not that that stopped Facebook going nuts with conspiracy theories, which Apple then had to stomp on very quickly. But there we go. Well, yeah. the thing that I think a lot of people had a hard time with when we uh, when we first started talking about this at, at the Mac Observer was um, the the API existing is completely and 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 being something that is possible to be used on your phone is absolutely 100% completely different from the applications themselves that you have to explicitly download and launch and opt in and all of that before you can even turn this on and like that was one of the things um somebody asked me and said like I got a iOS I got an iOS notification today about a system update and I said, yeah, it's the contact tracing one. And they were like, I'm not installing it because I don't want everybody knowing my location. I'm like, no. <laughs> On so many levels of no. <laughs> like, slow down and let me, like, let me tell you, yeah, like the 14 ways that that is not a possibility because Apple got in and, and became part of this. Like, they wanted Apple... Apple went toe-to-toe with foreign governments to make sure that the information that was in there was precise, you know, precise and not an iota more than anybody actually needs in order for this to happen and did everything they could to make sure that that was not the case. And so, like, we, we did spend a whole lot of time talking about it over at Mac Observer just to make sure that it was very clear what the, AP, what the exposure notification API was for and how it being available to you is very, very different from I have installed an app to do this on purpose and I have enabled the app, the app to have my information. And third, you know, thirdly, I've gone into the preferences and turned this on so that it's possible. And there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into it. Indeed. So that's just opting in, right? So myself and Allison spent a long time talking about, um, Assuming you want to turn it on, even then your privacy is superbly well protected because Apple and Google have gone out of their way to make this anonymous and mm-hmm. it's distributed. It's not centralized. So everyone is tracking the idea. So everyone's phone is generating completely ephemeral randomized tokens. And the ephemeral means mm-hmm. important because it means that every time your Bluetooth MAC address cycles, which happens every 15 minutes, so does your token cycle. So you can't even connect the token back to the MAC address. And so it's entirely anonymized and your phone is just collecting all of these ephemeral IDs. And then if someone gets sick, they then have the option to push their ephemeral IDs to a central server managed by our local government. And then everyone else can check in to see if anything they have remembered matches the known infected 
randomized mm-hmm. IDs. So at no point in time can anyone track you in any way with this. It is extremely well designed. So even if you opt in, you're not actually giving away your privacy. Right. So, you know, it's and I a, think there's there's a whole lot of that that is not that isn't the part that's being discussed. Right. Mm. So, yeah. Precisely. Now, as you mentioned, Kelly, um, Apple went toe to toe with governments. Five of them were very cranky because they really <laughs> wanted to track people. Um, but we want everything. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've also had a number of governments around the world go their own way, only to find that it doesn't work. You actually need deep <laughs> OS level integration for any of this to work. And you're only going to get that if you respect the privacy of your users. So basically, the Australian government hit a terrible trouble with it. The French government are on their way to a terrible problem. And the UK government <laughs> hit a terrible problem. Um, and in fact, they as... They've been warned. They had been warned. I know. And everyone who went after Australia should have known it would go terribly, horribly wrong. Because the Australians have the proof positive that it would go terribly, horribly wrong. But no, the British went and ran their own trial on the Isle of Wight. And lo and behold, it went terribly, horribly wrong. Meanwhile, the Brits actually have an even bigger problem. Um, as we went to record, literally as I was about to sit down to record, we had news breaking. Uh, the contracts underlining or underpinning the work the UK are doing on COVID stuff is not just the app. It's actually bigger. They have a national COVID database. But the contracts have been released. And basically what it reeks of is corruption. Um a government advisor who is highly controversial, um, who also broke quarantine rules, arguably, and caused a massive scandal that looked for a moment like it might wobble Boris Johnson. He's basically massively invested in the companies his government gave massive contracts to. And what the public were told was all the information would be kept secret and deleted. And what actually happened was all the information was given to private companies to monetize for profit and never to delete. My shocked face. Let me show you it. Oh, wait, you can't see it because it's behind a mask. Yeah. Yeah. And the, was this the fellow who uh, broke quarantine yeah. to go see his side piece? Was that? It's, is, no, is I don't know guy? if that was. Uh, that, no, I don't believe that was. I don't think. Well, OK. I'm not sure he was see, that We one. have a certain number of government. I, I can only track a certain number of governmental lunatics at a time. And so uh, I don't keep up with all the ones in the country that's not mine because my hands are kind of full here. Yeah, I was going to say, and my problem is I'm between two very similar nations. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I like to say clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. And you can choose whether I'm facing north or south. <laughs> that's true. Um, the, the the thing that strikes me is it's pretty obvious why the UK were not interested in Google and Apple's API. How do you how do you give your friends access to secret medical information for their personal profit if you don't have it? Right. So anyway, and I feel like I I feel like people in like the whole time I've been listening to the UK conversation on this, it kind of always felt like. The government would say, this is what we're doing. And the reply was always, you're not fooling anyone. And they kept saying, you know, no, really. No, really, Charlie Brown. We'll we'll hold the football for you and everything. <laughs> and like, it, that's the part I think that astounds me the most is that they just kept continuing to deny. I think that was it. Yeah. Switching to happier news. 
Um, we have actually countries who have released apps using the API. So uh, the first to, to bat were the Swiss, who got their app out very quickly. Latvia was next to announce. Italy has launched theirs and somehow missing from the show. Nope, there we go. It is in the show notes. A whole bunch of other European countries are very close to releasing their apps and Ireland is on the list. So I get to put my money where my mouth is and I will be installing the Irish app as soon as it's available. Uh, Finally, then, a related story. Um, There is reason we should all adopt these privacy-protecting apps, because if we don't, it puts terrible pressure on governments to do things we don't like so much. And uh, Singapore has decided that since not enough people installs their app, they are basically going to turn on all all of their surveillance equipment all around the country and make people register and do all sorts of things and just basically track everyone a la Big Brother instead. So forget the app, we'll just track you centrally. Not on your phone. We just get you every which way when you enter buildings and so on and so forth. So that could happen. Actually, that's not a happy way to end. Let's. It's really well, not. Let me let me stop it or end it with another unhappy one. That oh. I don't think you've mentioned here is that, and maybe you can answer my question: Is how come only four U.S. states have said that they're going to use this? Well, do we know? Is it that the other forty something haven't said anything? No, some a bunch of them have said no. Some have been yeah. vaguer, weirder, but it's it's only four that have said yes, which is the way I said it. I didn't say the others said they wouldn't, but I said that only four have said they would. Oh, sorry, I misheard you. I thought you said four had said they wouldn't. No, four are going to use it. Four so are. We have, a tiny okay. in, we have a tiny number of reasonable states, and then a bunch of them who are either, A, fighting with an unemployment system running in COBOL, so they don't have anybody to do anything about iOS right now, um, that's seriously more than one state. I'm not. Oh no! It sounds the, like the, I'm making the, a joke. But no, I'm no, you're not, not at all. Um, <laughs> all. All those COBOL programmers who were briefly employed for Y2K are right back on the job. Yes, and the nine of them are very happy. Um, the the yeah the other piece of it is that some of them just literally have not gotten around to it, and part of the 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 it should be a state app thing that's interesting to me is, for example, I live in the most populated city in my state mm-hmm. and I am right on the border with another state. So it is in like, if I don't install the Washington state tracking app, but I spend all my time there in another very highly populated city that, or somebody who lives there comes to Portland all the time. Like there's no tracking across that line, which is also sort of, Well, that may change because I know the Europeans, (laughs) well, no, the Europeans are working hard to to write their apps in such a way that they um, hand off, basically, as you go from European country to European country. So if everyone's using Mm -hmm. Apple's API, the theory is that as you go from country to country, you can basically swap back end servers. Okay. So that that is being worked on. I'm hopeful about it. Yeah. Yeah. So when once that code exists in Europe, I'm 90% sure it will be shared because that's the European way. So fingers mm-hmm. crossed on that one. But that's that's WIP work in progress. Right. I am going to move us on to the second big story, which is um, the George Floyd protests. So for someone who has been living under a rock... um. Is it about a week ago now that a police officer basically murdered a black man who was not resisting arrest and was handcuffed on the ground by kneeling on his throat for nearly nine minutes? 
even after he had stopped being responsive. So in other words, he had basically passed out. Mm-hmm. And this was all done on video. And everyone was saying, for goodness sake, let the man breathe. And he was saying, I can't breathe. Uh, it, uh, it, I can't even describe any more than that. It's horrific. Needless to say, this caused outrage. Um, and that outrage has taken two forms, I guess. Um, massive uh, peaceful protests. Mm-hmm. I, I live in Ireland. I went out for my morning walk yesterday to find a hand-painted sign saying, Until Black Lives Matter, No Lives Matter. I am in a small village in Ireland. That is how far this has spread. So needless to say, it is all over the United States. It is affecting large companies, small companies, physical space, virtual space, absolutely everywhere. And unfortunately, there is also or there was, that seems to have quietened down now, a more violent nature where there were, let's face it, riots and looting, um, um, as we've already mentioned, that did affect Apple stores. So you two are in America. So do do you want to fill people in on the bits I've missed being a city foreigner? (laughs) Well, I, I don't know that it's something we should try to do a quick tip thing on Bart. I think it's better to just let it land there and talk about the Apple news related to it. That, okay, that is fine. I just want to make sure I haven't mischaracterized it, I guess. No, I think No, that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, that's what happened and a lot of people are like I'm sure there's a whole nother podcast by somebody far better qualified than me to talk about it. But so I'll um, do a little plug here. Since you did one earlier, yes, I did please. an interview with uh, with Rob Dunwood of the SMR podcast on my oh. um, on my chit chat across the pond show. It's basically what's it like to be a black man in America, and I think that's a it's one of the hardest interviews I ever did, and it's really really hard to listen to, and I hope everybody does anyway. I, I just yeah. I I retweeted it with real sincerity because. Like you said, Alison, it was not a fun listen. And I teared up a few times. Um, but I am so happy I did because I know more now. I, mm-hmm. I, it, it makes so much more sense to me now. Uh, yeah, listen, <laughs> I guess is the best I can say. So from an Apple point of view, um, the first thing to... Th- well, okay, so a very practical thing Apple did quite quickly was that Apple Music joined in with the music industry's response, which was Blackout Tuesday, where basically they it was a campaign where music industry sites blacked themselves out for the day. Um, and I think, was it DTNS replaced their regular show with just interviews about, or from, you know, black people sharing their experiences or something? Am I remembering that correctly, Alison? Yes. Yes. And there was lots of, basically lots of media doing that. Um, so Apple took part in that. And then Tim Cook sent a an all hand, a, basically an all staff memo. And he immediately got criticized by an investor. Oh, it's easy to send memos around internally. Um, why don't you do something public? So he did. Um, so Tim Cook posted speaking up on racism as a public letter in the, sort of in the tradition started by Steve Jobs' letter about Flash, I think. Or was it DRM came first? Anyway, one of those. 
and I would say Tim's letter is as well worth reading. Um, and then we had this strange sort of thing where Apple stores were looted and forced to close. And then the hoarding at the front of Apple stores became these really beautiful murals with very, you know, sort of being turned into a cathartic positive place of protest. Uh, and at least, at least in Portland, uh, the the mural that's there is very nice. Uh, I uh, I wrote a short piece on it over at Mac Observer and talked about it because I have a friend who works near it and sent me a photo of it. And then uh, I got in touch with the artist and spoke with her briefly about um, about doing it. And she said um, uh, there had been graffiti. Like the 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 short story of it is that uh, plywood went up. And then the plywood got tagged. And so then uh, it got painted black, which makes it a little bit harder to put graffiti on. And so she showed up with paint and spent an afternoon painting a mural uh, that included George Floyd and said, I can't breathe. And then um, near that, she had uh, Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor's faces she put on there as well. And uh, in the time that it has been there, it has become this sort of impromptu memorial in front of the Apple store, uh, the, the Apple store downtown. Uh, in Portland. And so at least here, uh, it, it turned into something sort of nice. And as the pro, as the uh, rioting and the looting has sort of been smacked down uh, by everybody uh, because it, like a lot of protesters were, were shutting it down as well, at least in Portland. Uh, yeah. Cause we get that a lot. Uh, Portland loves a protest for people who don't know uh, Portland, Portland loves to protest. And because of that, there are a lot of people who take that opportunity to go um, tip the scales and like, well, there's a whole bunch of people gathered downtown. So I'm going to go downtown and I'm going to throw some bricks through some windows. Cause that's my idea of a good time. So we have a fair number of those people as well. And so a lot of times that's why we end up with police who are kind of tense about things is because uh, whenever there's a large gathering downtown, this sort of thing almost inevitably happens by people who have no interest in the protest, no interest in the cause, are not part of the protest, are not part of the group of people trying to affect whatever change it is that everyone's gathering downtown for. They just want to go throw bricks and windows. So it was really nice to see not only that the action was taken very quickly to, to board up the Apple store, mm. But also, because uh, again, it was open for a day. It's been closed for like two or three months and it was open for a day. And so uh, seeing it turn into something nice around that, even unofficially, right? Because like the Apple store had nothing to do with it. Nobody from Apple contacted her and said, we'd really like if you'd do something nice outside the store. She just decided that was what needed to be done and went and did it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I should take pleasure in this, but I kind of do. So the writers stole a bunch of iPhones, and thanks to the magic of Find My iPhone, they found uh, that uh, their phones had been put into locked mode with a message saying, local authorities will be alerted. And what you basically have looted there is a little tracker to help police find you. <laughs> yes. And um, I, like I, that. I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And there was also. I know what it's like when somebody people. legitimate. Yeah, I know what it's like when somebody is legitimately trying to undo the registration lock or the activation, excuse me, the, the activation mm -hmm. lock on their phone. Like, I legitimately am, like, decommissioning this. I want to put it in the drawer or my family member needs to use it, so I need to disconnect it from myself. Like, I know what that's like when I'm doing this in a lawful good manner. And so watching chaotic evil, like, walk out with that, I was like, really, do you not think 
it's going to turn into a doorstop when you're like, you know, not on the Wi-Fi or whatever else. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Okay. Um, unless anyone has anything else to add, I'm going to move us off this story. Um, yeah. Sure. Story number three, then. This really is a depressing month of Apple news. Um, so... I'm going to give you the summary here. Uh, basically, the FBI let it be known that they succeeded in breaking into iPhones, two of them belonging to the Pensacola Naval Base shooter, uh, by contracting out to third-party Grey Hat security contractors. It has been reported the phones were unlocked using brute force passcode guessing hardware, Grey Key style devices. Um, the head of the FBI and the Attorney General of the United States used this news as an opportunity to attack Apple for not cooperating with the government, not unlocking the phones, and for making them secure in the first place. What really, really struck me, reading the various statements, is that the government never used the word secure. Instead, they pretended that what Apple was doing was about privacy, not security, but privacy. And their line is, Apple are preventing us from fighting terrorists who keep the privacy of their users. And that's just not actually true. <laughs> it's a, You are correct. Yes, it is about security. And you that's like saying that a safe is a threat. A safe is about privacy because there's no back door into a safe. No, a safe is about security. And as a side effect, there's, there's, there's no secret key for the government because if there was, it wouldn't be a safe. Right. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, we've been down, we've treaded this particular path many times. <laughs> Apple did not appreciate being told they had not cooperated with the government because in actual fact, they most certainly had. And they very strongly pointed out the fact that they most certainly did hand over all the material they could within hours and also that it's impossible to make a device secure if you put in a back door. So I think I kind of made myself pretty clear on that one. Um, anything you guys feel we should add? It's sort of the same old game again, isn't it? It's Yeah. Yeah, it's just an interesting way to bring it back. We got in, therefore Apple are evil. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and I think really Apple did all they could do, which is point out the steps that they did take, uh, which is different from, uh, I don't remember which, honestly, I don't remember what the incident was now where the FBI went toe-to-toe -to, -to, to Apple and Apple said it was because, like, we would have given you the information, but the password got changed and, you know, if we had it, we would have given it to you, but we didn't because we didn't have it. And Apple just continues to point out the most obvious thing, which is if we give anybody a key, anybody can have a key. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the, the name. The end, you know. San Bernardino, I think, is the one you're thinking of, Kelly. Where Probably. Rather than contacting Apple, the FBI decided to try guess the attacker's iCloud password and ended up getting locked out. And yeah, they also that guessed... That was what it was. They also guessed the phone password and got it locked out too. And Apple were like, if you'd come to us immediately, we could have given you all the iCloud data, which is exactly and what... And they said they would have. Right. That's the thing. Uh, proving the point, that's what they did in this case, quote unquote, within hours. Because your mm -hmm. iCloud data sort of falls into two buckets. There's the health stuff and the password stuff, which is truly end-to-end -end encrypted. And if you forget your passwords, you're never getting that data back. 
And then there's your backup, which is not truly end-to-end encrypted, because if you get your password, you can get your backups back. And that's probably a good thing for most people. Uh, but of course, that means that if you, if Apple can help you recover your data, if you forget your password, well, then Apple can recover your data. So Apple were able to provide that data to the FBI, given an appropriate warrant, and they did. And the other thing that all companies will always have, no matter what we do, is metadata. And Apple also handed over all of the metadata, which is often far more valuable than the actual encrypted data itself, which is another reason that all of this who brew ha over encryption is a pile of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I get off my soapbox now. Um, there are also two interesting related stories here. Um, we also found out that uh, Grayshift have a tool that they tried to keep secret with NDAs. Uh, basically, the way it works is you put the phone you want to attack into the gray shift machine, and if it can't break the passcode, what it can do is using, obviously, some sort of jailbreak of some sort, install a keylogger. You then hand the phone back to the person who owns the phone, trick them into unlocking the phone. It now has a keylogger installed. You then take the phone off them again, pop it back into the gray shift machine, and it will tell you the passcode. It strikes me as, without a warrant, being massively illegal, but what do I know? And Well, being massively illegal doesn't stop the government in the United States these days, is what I've learned. I, I'd love to argue with you, Kelly. I, I would, I, I would <laughs> I, stringently love to. I would love, love to. to be argued. I would love to be wrong. Fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> another story, which is more happy news is that a judge has ruled that the FBI actually do need a warrant before powering on a phone for the express purpose of taking a photograph of the lock screen. That is still uh, a search and seizure. Now that was a really like that one. Yeah. Now there is a caveat on that. That was at the lowest level of the federal judiciary, which means that there are two levels of appeal above that decision. But nonetheless, you know, you start with a good decision, even if it gets appealed, at least you've started with a good decision. Um, Yes. Someone somewhere had some sense and, uh, yeah, and came to the right conclusion. So good. Moving on to our... Read the next story, Bart, because your next story says that there's an uncovered jailbreak, but that was patched four days ago. Well, that's what it says in the bullet. Oh, it says... (laughs) Ah, sorry. Dang it. I read the first one and I was trying to make you not look silly by telling you before it started. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Never mind. So within what like a day or two of iOS 13.5 coming out, there was this great big news about the uncovered jailbreak, which basically allowed any iOS device that was still under, you know, actively supported by Apple that could run iOS 13, basically, to be jailbroken. Um, plenty of caveats on that jailbreak, though. Um, it required a physical USB connection and did not survive a reboot. So extremely useful for um, security researchers and stuff, but not all that practical for day-to-day life if you need to have a computer and a USB cable every time you restart your phone. Um, And of course, jailbreaks always rely on a bug. In this case, it was a bug in the iOS kernel, and Apple have now patched that bug in the iOS kernel. Hence, we have an update to iOS 13.5, which came out a day or two ago. Um, and of course you could still do the jailbreak because you can still keep your phone at the older version of of iOS, I guess. Um, but whether or not you should, 
is, I would say, unless you're a security researcher, you probably shouldn't. But if you don't want to take my word for it, there's a link to a good description over on Naked Securities, or sorry, on Sophos's Naked Security blog, which is linked in the show notes. Um, th- I think this made bigger news than it probably should have. But anyway, that's that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And anyone have any strong? Because it went away so quickly. Like that was that was the thing about it. So. I'm happy about that because to me, jailbreak equals insecure iPhone. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Well, I think a certain amount of it used to be that um, there were things a lot of people wanted to do on iOS. Well, to be completely accurate, there were a lot of things people wanted to do with phone OS that <laughs> were not possible on phone OS before Apple saw that lots of people wanted to do them and so added them like folders didn't used to be a thing that you could do swiping down from the top to be able to turn your wi-fi or your bluetooth on and off with a single tap used to be a thing you literally could not do with the operating system that came with your phone so i used to jailbreak my phone and i used to do it so that i could have so that i could install the thing that let me have folders and so i could install the thing that let me pull down and do you know control center like eight years or more before there was control center so like a lot of it, a lot of the appeal of jailbreaking, I think, uh, was did you know you could do this with your phone if you just jailbroke it? And most of the reason that people used to do that has gone away as the operating system matured. And so, like for me, anymore, it has a lot less appeal because the stuff I want it to do, it already does. Yeah, and you are turning off a lot of very powerful security features that Apple have put into iOS in order to enable very little advantage. Unless you're a security researcher, in which case what you actually want to do is get right under the hood and a jailbreak is very helpful. But Apple have said, you know, Apple announced at the last, was it a year ago now? Or no, it was one of the recent security conferences that they're making special phones for security researchers that give them root access legitimately. So they don't even need to jailbreak it. They can just actually get root access. So again, another reason to jailbreak gone away if you're a registered security researcher. So, you know, it's, it's getting less and less. Okay, uh, Alison, unless you want to chime in, I am going to move us on to quick stories. No, I'm going to take that as a new. So, <laughs> wrap up the show Sorry, with I'm some... I'm muted because I was moving my microphone. Oh, no, well, no. I much appreciate that. <laughs> um, you have such good mic etiquette, Alison. We should all be better at this now. I, I always remember after I make noise that I should have muted myself. <laughs> and my time machine is on the fritz. Um... So we're going to wrap up with some smaller stories that made the news throughout the month of May. Um, we have newish 13-inch MacBook Pros. Uh, it's not really Yay. that dramatic an update, except for the fact that we get the shiny new keyboard, we get faster chips, and we get more storage for the same price. And if you buy the high-end model of the 13-inch MacBook Pro, you can shove it into your $20 dollars Pro XDR display if you happen to have one of those. <laughs> so we got the new keyboard. That's what matters. My friend David Roth is is debating sending back his 16-inch MacBook Pro and getting the 13, but Ooh. he felt like it, this wasn't new enough, that it only had the new keyboard and it, it didn't seem to have much else. Do you know what else is really slick? You said new chips. What do you mean by new chips? Basically, the, the next Intel generation. But only if, you, not for the entry level. Um, yeah, he would go top pretty yeah, high. Yeah, well, there, there's... There's four models of it. I spec'd this out because I've been clinging to my 2015 until they've unscrewed the keyboard. And 
now the keyboard is unscrewed. And so I'm in the market for a new laptop. And it was um, the second, like the, the top two of the um, options that you get when you go to choose one, the top two stock configurations are the 10th generation processor. John Martellaro told me about it and I don't remember all of it. But if you really want to get the latest processor from Intel, you need one of the top two models. And then you really do get fundamentally you can get like the the i think it's a 10th generation uh core i7 chip in the top end model and uh and they start at a base level they start with more fundamental storage in them so at least on one apple product they aren't giving you an insulting amount of storage in the entry level configuration which is nice yeah, I, I mean, ultimately, this is this is more of your 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 talk than your tick. So the sixteen-inch MacBook Pro is a whole new industrial design with you know much smaller bezels and so forth. This is basically the other thirteen-inch MacBook Pro given a lick of paint, and the rumors are quite yes. strong that there's a fourteen-inch, which is effectively the the tick, which is the equivalent of the sixteen replacing the fifteen, and we're expecting that six months to a year from now. So the, this is important to tide people over. I call it more than a lick of paint with the new keyboard. That's that's gold yeah. plating, <laughs> not licking paint. But I I, I definitely think even even if they had released this machine in the before times, it still would have been a press release. It wouldn't have been an event. I think yeah, because it's not a new industrial design, so it is right. This still would have been a press release release instead of a um, somebody walks out on stage and tells us how great it is release. So okay. yeah, probably. For sure. Um, what also got a lot of TLC is Logic Pro 10, which now has something called Live yeah. Loops, which has people who know about audio really happy, and I don't understand, but it seems cool. Me either, but I had people talk about it on my podcast, and they were really excited about it, so yay. As Kelly hinted earlier, Apple have released new Pride bands for the Apple Watch. There is a very subtle, as Pride anything goes, uh, Nike Sport Edition, which is white. And the rainbow colours are actually in the little holes in the Nike Sports Band. And then there's the opposite of subtle, which is a regular sports band in the rainbow colours, which a lot of people like because it reminds them of the original Apple logo. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, despite being gay, I'm not particularly flamboyant and I find a lot of the Pride stuff a little too bright. So I went with the subtle Nike band and I adore it. It is, it is the... Can you actually see the colors? In the photos, it doesn't look like you can. Yeah. Like, like it looks, it looks almost too subtle for me. Um, I mean, it's, I think you see them just fine, but I guess it depends on what you want from from Maybe the band that's what you want somebody across the room isn't going wow bart's bart's wrist is screaming screaming gay at me yeah it's not screaming it's just very subtly supporting the cause as opposed to shouting anything at anyone yeah okay okay i, like uh, I bought the shouty one <laughs> i thought you might yeah. have everybody who's shocked wait here's my shocked face behind my mask <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. nailed it so yeah, so they're out. Uh, there's also Powerbeats Pro in four new colors have been released. Um, and the latest version of macOS has done another one of those back to the Mac things where the battery health management from iOS has come back to the Mac to help manage the batteries on our Mac laptops to extend their lives, which seems like a good thing to me. For everyone in the not before times who's cranky that every time you're using a FaceTime group call, people who's talking keep growing and shrinking. You can oh, straight up a wall. Disable that now, thankfully. 
Um, Apple have added celebrity picks from the AFI Movie Club to the Apple TV app. So they're not actually giving away any films, but they have celebrities telling you what films you should give Apple money to rent or buy. Which, okay, might be useful during lockdown, but it's not quite as cool as I initially thought. I thought they had gotten cool new content for Apple TV Plus, but no. Yeah. Uh, Apple have also released advice for AirPods Pro users suffering with crackling audio and noise cancellation issues. And there has been a firmware fix for the AirPods Not Pro. Uh, And then HBO basically went and made many people very cranky by switching away from having an Apple TV channel called HBO and forcing everyone into the new HBO Max contraption, which does not have as good of Apple TV integration. And that strikes me as a really retrograde step. But since no wireless TV on, channels... Hang on. Every, it, hang on. People are mad that it's not inside the Apple, T, Apple TV app, but it's way, it's got way, 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 way more content, and they're still pissed off. That proves people can be mad about anything. Well, no, but well, uh, there's no reason that they shouldn't give you the more content and give you the same feature set. Like, why do we need to suffer loss of features to get gain of content? It's also uh, it's also really confusing if you are a person who oh, it's is living in the TV app, but also but also like the HBO Max app is also just sort of confusing. Like, what if HBO but yeah. purple, which is weird? Um, and uh, like if you have if you have a non Apple de- Apple device, uh, if you have a Roku or if you have an Amazon Fire Majigger, whichever <laughs> one, uh, you can't get HBO Max on those because there is no app for them yet. Oh. So they just like this whole Yeah, this whole rollout has just been weird. Like I mean, we heard about it it's not like HBO Max snuck up on anybody, right? So it it's all been very weird and kind of tone deaf and super confusing because like if you are a certain kind of cable subscriber, you might get it for free. And then T-Mobile was saying they were giving it free but only for a short time, but no, but yeah, but it was very weird. And so the whole thing has like in the United States anyway, it's all just sort of been a, a confusing mess. And a lot of people are like, HBO, what now? I'm just going back to Netflix or whatever. Hmm. Okay. I, I know it's just struck me as weird to, to lose integration instead of getting more of it. Anyway. <laughs> it is it's very weird. Yeah. Anyway, we are up against the be, clock. Be fair, Bart. You gotta be fair, Bart. It's confusing to be inside the Apple TV app on the Apple TV and the TV app. Right. <laughs> I can't even parse that sentence, proving Alison's point perfectly. (laughs) Oh, how we talk about this on Media Mondays. (laughs) Anyway, we are up against the clock and I want to finish in a happy story. So last last story of the day, Apple's Deirdre O'Brien has made the top five of the inaugural Queer 50 business leaders list from Fast Company. That is code word for she got fifth place. Making the top five is how you say she got fifth place, which is exactly what she did. But nonetheless, that is really nice to see another Apple executive being a queer icon. And I genuinely had no idea Deirdre O'Brien batted for my team. Um, I thought it was just Tim Cook. So there we go. Yeah. Nice to see the award. Indeed. folks, And to be recognized for it. I dug that too. That was nice. Indeed, and she has some quite serious responsibilities within Apple since her recent promotion. Like, you know. Like all of them. <laughs> yeah. She's responsible for all the stores and all the employees. SVP of retail and people. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. wow. 
Okay, folks, thank you ever so much for giving so freely of your Friday... Well, I guess it's Friday evening for me. I guess it's Friday afternoon for you guys. Um, In reverse order, Alison, do you want to let the one listener who's never heard you before know where they can find you? (laughs) Might be more than that. Um, All of my stuff is at podfeet.com. I do uh, three or four, I don't know, podcasts and uh, uh, several with Bart and... um, the coolest of which that you should go listen to is probably uh, Programming by Stealth, where Bart is teaching us to program in an audio podcast, which sounds crazy, but is amazing. But my flagship show just uh, celebrated its 15th year, 15 years of podcasting, is the uh, NoSilicast podcast. And I'm on PodFeed and all the social media. And links will be in show notes. Kelly, do you want to let the good listeners know where they can read and hear more of your excellent work? Uh, you can find me weekday mornings over at MacObserver.com where I host the Daily Observations podcast. You can also find me on The After Show with Mike and Kelly, uh, which is a show I do with Mike Rose over at AfterShowPodcast.com. You can occasionally hear me on the Incomparable Network on various shows there, usually talking about Star Wars. And I have my own show on the Incomparable as well, where I talk about Westworld with Don Melton, and it's called Greetings from the Uncanny Valley. Um, Our season three finale episode is about to drop, and you can find me as Verso on most of the social medias. Excellent. Okay, I have been your host, Bart Bouchot. You can find me at... Oh, actually, before I do that, I should say that there are detailed show notes, and goodness me, are there a lot of show notes this month, um, <laughs> over at lets-talk.ie, where you will find three large or a number of blue buttons to support the show. Basically, if you would like to give a small amount regularly, that's what Patreon is for. You pledge a small dollar amount, and I will get... Um, Two of those a month, one for the Apple show, one for the photography show. So if you'd like to give me $5 a month, pledge 250 you get the idea, divide by two. Uh, and if you would instead prefer one-off larger donations, that's what PayPal is superb for. So there's a PayPal button there. There are also affiliate links uh, for our Zazzle store. Um, not a lot of you use the Zazzle store, but I did sell a mug this week, which is the first time Zazzle emailed me in ages. I was like, ooh, who are Zazzle? Oh, yeah, they're my mug people. So someone has a shiny new Let's Talk uh, Apple slash photography <laughs> mug. Um, and then there are uh, affiliate links for Hover.com, who do domain registration, if that's your thing, and for DigitalOcean, who do virtual hosting, if that is your thing. With all that said, I have been your host, Bart Bouchot, so you can find me at bartb.ie. And until next time, happy computing. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. My gal pals, Elisa, Simsei, and Vicky, the three geeky ladies, told me to remind you that they will release a new podcast each month. So, check them out at 3geekyladies.com or subscribe in iTunes. The Three Geeky Ladies, part of the MyMac Podcasting Network.